Oh my god, it's not that fucking deep. Hello, and welcome to It's Not That Deep with Fiona. Today I'm here with Grace, and today we're talking about regressivism in tech and in the tech community. And it took me a while to figure out what word I wanted to use there, and I don't think I got a perfect word because I'm trying to come up with a word that's the opposite of progressivism, Mm. right? And Mm. But but regressivism, conservatism, all of that – implies like as opposed to positive change we want to resist change or like go backwards in time like the like trad wife ideals or whatever are like Mm -hmm. regressive Mm -hmm. but then i think there's also many movements going on that are trying to create negative change that is unprecedented Mm -hmm. which is not really regressive in the sense of it's not returning to anything we used to have and it's not resisting change but it's almost like creating evil change so maybe reactionary perhaps reactionary slash regressionism i feel like there's no great word for all of it deviousness (laughs) (laughs) you know it's so interesting just to get into deviousness quickly (laughs) mischievousness mischievousness because so many higher cosmologies believe that we live in such a degenerate world and i think that we really do see that in the day-to-day just based on how people choose to interact with each other we have so many choices for how we could be positive and how we could progress humanity but so many people choose to be terrible towards no it's crazy because you know like when you're a kid and you read books like where there's like harry potter or whatever where there's like evil like there are people who identify as evil yeah people and do it's like good life. versus bad and like yeah. star wars and then you get to an age where you're like oh it's more complicated than that it's not like good people and bad people like everyone has their own motivations everything and then you get older than that and you're like wow there actually are bad people right and it's and like they know they're bad is, right and you know they're bad everyone is complex but some people really identify with being evil just like you identify with your name or your religion right. or your race or ethnicity like there are things that you identify with or your zip code and some people identify with being an evil ass motherfucker. Like some people really take that shit to heart. Yeah. They really want to be the worst person possible because it brings them joy. Yeah. And I mean, who am I to say not to live your most joyful life? <laughs> but I mean, come on. <laughs> be you. Be you, I guess. Unless it hurts others. But yeah. But then, I mean, most people hurt others anyway. So you can't even say be you unless it hurts others because everyone hurts people. Yeah. Does it inherently hurt other people to exist or, like, hurt the world? Yes, I think so. Life is suffering, right? Yeah. Existence is suffering, that's what they say. So. <laughs> wow. That Five minutes into the podcast. <laughs> so, we're in Berkeley right now. Yes. And it's been... A little under a year since I've been in Berkeley. Yeah. And How does it feel being back? I don't even know. It's like the more places I live, the more I just get to a point where there's like the people I love are spread out over more and more cities, you know? So like it's really nice to be back in Berkeley because there's so many people like you, like who I still care about who still live in Berkeley. But 
I don't know, like <laughs> more people are moving, getting farther and I feel like life has just been like flying by recently, like since graduating, like this past year has just like, I don't know, gone so quickly and there just feels to be like more of a like opportunity cost for every single decision now. But yeah, mostly good. But, you know, I've been spending time thinking, spreading negativity, feeling rage, whatnot. But so I had got to thinking about public transportation mm-hmm. and about Elon Musk mm. and about how many of his of the how much of the tech he's developing is kind of anti-public transportation because he has electric cars, which, yeah, they're electric. They're not gas, but to make the batteries for electric cars is still bad for the environment, the workers. Like, it's not converting everything to electricity. Like, yeah, we can replace things that we currently have with different forms of energy, but converting everything from gas to electricity is not actually going to make much change to the environment right. or people or improve their quality of life. But we have alternatives to cars. We have so many alternatives right. to cars. And so getting everyone an electric car is not really progress necessarily what about electric buses i'm open to the idea of that you know like what if, so what if elon musk just had a total rebrand and he was like we get it the tesla thing it was a good idea but it's not accessible right like what if mm-hmm. all of a sudden i mean obviously this is a big what if but let's say that he said mm, accessibility all of a sudden became important to me because i'm getting a big tax break for it and instead he pivoted because he got this government contract and began to make buses and now buses are tesla and they are self-driving because there's automatic routes and they're electric what then like how does that change the economics of pollution in a city i don't (laughs) can you rephrase the question (laughs) No. <laughs> How does that change the economics of Not even economics, but just like I would say the big thing there would be the buses, not the electricity though. Like I think we mm. we need like inventions are great. Technology's great, engineering's great, whatever. But sometimes we don't need an invention as a solution. Mm. We sometimes need policy we talk change. To each other. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you're definitely right about that, especially in this kind of day and age of science and technology and information where we have such a wealth of information and we have such a wealth of technology and we can do a lot. but We just don't know how to do it or how to give it to the right people or mm-hmm. the people in charge are just not allowing it for easy distribution yeah, they don't so want that everyone happen. can be. And there's so much lobbying. There's and so like, much lobbying. Don't you know I'm taking a class right now on lobbying? I am, yeah, and I'm learning a lot about just what lobbying is and to what extent politicians really get involved in it and senators. And it's really, really interesting. Not school sanctioned. Oh yeah. It's a decom. So a student's teaching it. Yeah. So clarify for the non-Berkeley audience. Oh yeah. So my bad, you know, for the non-Berkeley audience, for the non-Go Bears. (laughs) So do you think that term limits are bad for lobbying because politicians know that they can't do that forever so they have to have like jobs set up 
I mean, yeah, I think that term limits are just great all around. I personally see no negative consequences to having term limits, especially if you implement term limits with a mentorship system and then you're transitioned out of senator, you know, or representative and into senior representative or, um, I don't know, just like the shit that they call retired folks, like make up a new word for it and you can still get paid. You won't get paid as much. You could even get paid more. I don't really care, honestly. You can still give influence because there is a power in understanding how Washington or whatever state you're in operates. That being said though, you're old as hell. You're old as fuck. You are no longer in touch with the people that you are governing over. And I think that it's super important to have these term limits because that's why we're in a huge fight about our basic human rights. I'm conflicted. Mm, I feel like really? it's some of both. Cause I think without term limits, there's obvious negatives, you know, mm-hmm. like potential for dictatorship, like blocks of power that don't go away. And yeah, even like you were saying, like past a certain age, like a lot of our Congress members went to segregated schools. Literally. And that's a really weird and upsetting thing to be for those people to be ruling over us. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that with term limits, there's so much incentive for the politicians because they can't live forever financially on what they get from like four years in office to use their power during those years to benefit industries in exchange this might be more of a missouri thing Mm. because we have a more corrupt than average state government Mm. but to it's like a different form of lobbying other than like just bribes Mm. is to do whatever certain industries want while you're in office with the guarantee that when you're out of office and need money, you get a job in that industry. So Mm. it leads to a lot of corruption while they're in office. Mm. But at the same time, that wouldn't necessarily go away if we abolish term limits because you can still lose an election. So the idea of setting up what you're going to do after your term is up is that would still be present in your mind. Yeah. That's a really interesting perspective. I never thought of that. And just like if you have term limits, setting it up so that you set yourself up for a sweet gig, you know? Yeah. I feel like that's absolutely an issue. Unfortunately, I feel like nepotism just plays such a big factor into the job industry as is that I don't know if the average onlooker would notice a change. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I think in theory – that's absolutely something that would happen like a hundred percent because people are corrupt. And I think that absolutely would happen. And then people would figure out, Oh, I always wanted to be a movie star. My best mm-hmm. friends are going to be the lobbyists in the entertainment industry. Right. Per. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, or like, got I it made. Right. Right. Or like, Oh, I'm super big into sports. So I'm big into like the sports lobbyists. And now I am a commentator and I make a ton of money commenting on my game. And like, I do think, I think that it would be, happen i think it would happen but i think it already happens i think is my point right Mm -hmm. is that it already happens and because the job industry is just changing so much as is i don't think that it would be a significant change right which i guess not to argue in favor of corruption (laughs) 
<laughs> what would that you know set what up? I mean? Like not to be like, I mean, shit, if they're gonna do it, might as well. <laughs> but <laughs> that's but I two evils. You want the corruption that already exists of hey, you can choose what job you want, which is not even corruption in that way. I feel like I mean it could be depending on the job you get, but also it's kind of like it's just a competitive job market. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that most jobs you get through are networking. So if you happen to have a previous job that you you're able to network a lot like you could argue legally that that's just what you're doing mm-hmm. but yeah yeah you gotta be like yeah. you gotta balance idealism and realism because i get yeah. what you're saying of like you don't want to be like oh corruption happens so we'll just accept it but like yeah. it is also important if corruption happens either way right that is when when you're making laws that are supposed to help in practice definitely so elon musk's other big thing Oh, yeah, Elon Musk. As his boring tunnel, which is basically a train alternative where you would still need cars mm. and go slowly um, and is just less dense than trains. Is it called the boring tunnel? Yeah, boring, like, bore, like, oh, to bore okay. through something, okay. not, like, uninteresting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I it, assume I like no, no, no. That, you're definitely but... you're like boring. No, that makes sense. Not like boring. I thought it was someone's name first. Like, boring. <laughs> like, such a funny name. Did I hear that right? Okay. So he just keeps inventing things basically to and make our cities more car centric. I genuinely think so. I I have two theories. Mm-hmm. So one, we know he comes from like a lot of money, like slavery money. Yeah, he does. Um, apartheid money. Yeah, like. Blood and, diamond money, yeah, blood emerald thing. Exactly. So, one of my theories about him is that he is just genuinely not that smart. Like, I don't think he's stupid by any means. And I, I like read somewhere that he has a very high IQ, which I don't think is a direct correlation to like actual important measurements of intelligence. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think he's at all stupid. I think he might even be above average intelligence. But I think his you know, he bought Tesla from someone else who had, like, invented the idea. And so I think a lot of his, like, tech prowess is really just from money and connections. Yeah, definitely. So one of my theories... And owning scientists. Yeah. Oh, for sure. One of my theories is that he wanted to invent something on his own. And he just, like, is not actually a great tech developer. And he mm-hmm. came up with this just out of stupidity. But another of my theories is that he is trying to advance this again regressive is not the perfect word but like bad agenda and then i was also reading an article about um what are they called pronatalists what are those it's a new kind of eugenicism basically where people in tech wealthy white people in tech are worried about the declining birth rates because that's a declining workforce and they want to populate the planet even though our population is still going up but they want to populate the planet specifically with they're worried about the declining birth rate amongst highly educated wealthy people especially like in the u.s and europe White people exactly um and so they want to populate the planet with people like them so they'll meet up with like other wealthy white people in tech and like there's this one couple that was interviewed in this article that like they're like our goal is to have at least 10 kids and for each of our kids to have at least 10 kids 
but their end goal they know this is not um sustainable for the planet their end goal is to eventually colonize other planets and to exceed the capacity of our earth and basically cultivate a workforce that can mine every single resource out of the earth to use to develop on other planets so and i elon is big into space as well so i think like his goal is not to make the earth a better place Mm. it's to use the earth to then end up in space right so i think what i and you like you know the expression like never explain never attribute to malice what can be accurately explained as stupidity mm-hmm. i like totally believe the opposite mm. i think we attribute way too much to stupidity mm. and i think a lot of times people will blame like stupidity or like not knowing better for like actually bad ideas so i think that or like being bad so i think that elon while it is a possible theory that i have that he might just not be that smart he might just come up with these dumb ideas that's not my main theory. Yeah. I think he just has entirely different priorities and views on what is good. I mean, I definitely agree with you a thousand percent. This is something that, depending on the news circles that you're in and just like the types of things that you listen to is something that you've definitely heard of before, right? I mean, the older, especially older educated white population is afraid of their decline. So it makes sense that those have been indoctrinated by those within that generation would then feel like it's their duty to do ridiculous things like overpopulate the planet to then mine it for its resources. You know, it really makes you think, what, where did you come from? Honestly, where did you come from? At one point, at what point, excuse me, did you lose your connection to the earth? At what point did you lose your connection to the rest of humanity? Yeah. Why is it that you were the only group of people that consistently, consistently are trying to completely devalue the glow, completely, as they say it in Grapes of Wrath, rape the earth of its resources? Because that's what it is, and it's fucked up. Like, like, this is yeah. a podcast, so you can't see my face. But, like, as you were <laughs> listening to it, I was just making the most ridiculous face because it's so hurtful to think. And today is Earth Day, right? And this is going to be released later. But today we're recording and it's Earth Day. So, you know, we really are feeling the importance of Earth and how much it's hurting. And it's upsetting to know that people are actively making it their life mission. And not even their life mission, but their ancestral, like, lineage's yeah. mission to completely deplete the earth of its resources so that they can do what? Live on another planet that they're not gonna live on, like they're not gonna be on, that they don't know right. will be able to exist. You don't know that All you're gonna find a planet before is that they you can ruin earth. Yeah, exactly. they can't guarantee there'll be another planet. And you can't even guarantee that you're gonna ruin earth. The only thing you can guarantee is that you're gonna kill yourself. The True. earth existed long before us kind and we're not powerful enough to destroy the earth. To know that like, we can wipe out our species, but we're probably not going to wipe out the earth. Yeah. The earth will recover. We It just might become inhospitable for us. Right. But at the same time, it's not a very reassuring thought because it's like the 1% is wiping out the 90, not even the 1%, the 0.1%. It's not a reassuring thought and it's, and it's a frustrating thought. Mm-hmm. It's a frustrating thought. It's a frustrating thought with a frustrating solution. Unfortunately, colonialism of the mind is strong and it's less easy to see, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that's something that I don't think that people really talk about enough, 
which is if you have a colonized mind and body, it doesn't really matter who you are, what you look like. You can't even control your own beliefs about yourself. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? I definitely can. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think you're going to say can't. (laughs) I definitely cannot. Um, Something about your facial expression. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. Um, Well, yeah, but meaning, so when I say if you have a colonized mind, I mean, I think a great example, just because it comes to mind, is beauty standards, right? Mm. Oh, yeah. What you believe to be beautiful. And that typically is a certain facial structure that is reflective of European features. And that's just something that, you know, everyone is aware of and is used to. So if you are someone that doesn't have European features, you internalize a separation and a dissonance between who you are and what is beautiful and there's a gap that you can never quite reach and there's always this internal dissonance until you're able to decolonize your mind realize oh these are just made up beauty standards i can be whatever i can be beautiful or whatever that definition looks like for me right that's just like a pretty basic example that's really common that people Mm -hmm. use nowadays but you can really take it to everything um when we say colonize your mind and colonize your body, you're really questioning, why do I care? Why do I hold this practice? And then whenever you get your answer, like, why do I care? Oh, because so-and-so told me to care. And why did they tell you to care? Really digging deep, deep, deep into it until you can find that root. And often it's, okay, well, why did, who taught the person who taught me to feel the way I do about myself or my situation? Right. And then typically that's where you get to society or, you know, their ancestors, yada, yada, yada. So you would say, like, colonized minds are pe- people who can have, like, a colonized mindset are not the people doing the colonization. Like, the people who are, like, we need to have 10 elite kids have, like, colonizer minds, not colonized minds. Mm, good question. I honestly feel like it could be a bit of both. I, I feel like a it could be a bit of both. I feel like we live in a society where everyone is affected by colonialism in such an extreme way. It's got to be taught to everyone. It's like, got to be taught to everyone. And then the people that don't feel like they are affected by it or feel like, oh, well, I'm white, so I never had to deal with this, still are dealing with it because they have to grapple with that question. Right. So no matter what you can deal with it later in life right right but eventually eventually you will have to deal with it and so because of that i think that there are these standards in society that are internalized and you know some people use the term colonized mind some people just use the term social norms right so it really depends on how you choose like the terminology that you use to speak about this phenomenon that everyone experiences and knows to be true but as we update our terms and updates our vocabs we see it manifesting in different ways because also we're more aware of the different influences when you say social norms it's a behavior but when you say ah colonized mindset now i'm bringing in a history Mm -hmm. that is understood and not just oh social norms the individual has more responsibility and agency on whether or not it's right or wrong as opposed to a uh, colonized and mind. And it seems kind of random almost. It like, does. This is the way things are done. This but is why? just the way things are. Right. Whereas right. colonized mind, it's like this was an intentional malicious practice. Exactly. Designed to create these power structures and maintain exactly. them. Exactly. Which is why it might be difficult, but also gives the observer power because it's like, okay, well, if I have a colonized mind, 
then that means I can decolonize it. If I have a colonized mind, I can recognize the thought patterns and the structures that I've created that are not inherent to what I actually believe or what I feel to be true. And some people hear that and don't know what people mean, right? When they go, oh, what feels to be true? Like what feels to be true if you've only ever been taught one thing, right? Mm -hmm. But I think you can know what feels to be true if you've been taught something about yourself that you look in the mirror and somehow it is inherently wrong. Yeah. But you've done nothing. And it's a complex, you can't just say that because everything has nuance. But generally, if you look in a mirror and can, if someone told you that there's something wrong there, like really wrong there, unless you're fucking up and hurting other people, typically it's because of a colonized mind. If just like your existence is viewed as wrong. Right. Your inherent existence, things about your inherent existence. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. It's a good point. I don't remember. I have no idea where we got. It's interesting how it perhaps this is naive of me to say, but I believe that it is a widely held belief, not by everyone, but by the majority of people, that colonization is bad. You know, in theory. Like in their practices that Oh really? Yeah, I I wanna say yes, but also I don't know because I feel like it's so deep rooted and I've definitely met people, especially older people that feel like colonization saved their country because they were people from colonized countries. Yeah. Wow. So it's hard to say like in this day and age, like in theory, we want to hope that most people think that colonialism is bad, but especially older people have been so affected by it that they might believe, Hmm. Was it bad? Yes, but were the results worth it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, was it did the ends justify the means? Right. Right. Was it bad? Yeah. But am I civilized compared to so and so? So I guess it is a more widely debated topic on whether colonization is bad or good. But there is at least a large number of people in recent generations that at least in theory agree with the statement colonization is bad Mm -hmm. even though in practice there are a lot of things we do that uphold it Mm -hmm. and a lot of things that people even if they're aware uphold colonization because of the benefits to them don't care about dismantling Mm. um but so many people who at least on the surface hold this belief are so ready and in favor of colonizing other planets Mm. without like any sort of critical thought going into that and Yeah, you can say, like, there's no life there, which is super debatable. Like, there's no way that in the entire universe, Earth is the only planet with life. Right. Like, even also, we can only see certain wavelengths. So how dare we say there's no life there when we might just be trampling over people and we just don't see them? And how do we even define life? Like, even if there are no, like, carbon-based life forms made out of cells that would be recognizable to us, how do we know that there is not another form of life that in the less scientifically definable sense, but in the more like concept of like has a soul, can feel pain, like all of these things that you can't really like define, but we all do, even people who say that they only believe in science and have no sort of like higher power or whatever, 
we all kind of act as if we believe these things, you know? Yeah. Like there's this concept we all have, like why is fire not alive other than it's not made out of cells, you know? Right. It grows, it moves, it eats, it exchanges gases. Yeah. It does all of these things. And so you made off this like cell thing, but in practice, that is not why people don't believe fire is alive. Right. We just know it's not. Right. So what's to stop there from being something on other planets that is alive in the almost like religious sense? Well, I like that you bring that up because also it's like we can't even agree on life here for legislation. Like we literally cannot agree. Scientists can't agree. We do not know when life begins. We don't know when a soul is formed. We don't know when the body becomes conscious. We don't know any of that. We know that cells do a little dance. You know, they go from stem cell. They do their whole little, you know, zygote to embryo to fetus. And then they're born. And then they become us and they think about it the entire time. But we don't know at what point there is a consciousness and like a life. And that debate, because it sounds unscientific to say this, people don't want to say this. But the debate is about like consciousness and souls and stuff because obviously a fetus is life. Right. And that is not what anyone's arguing. Human cells are alive. But like if I cut off my finger – and it dies. That's human cells dying. Right. And my no one would argue I murdered someone. Right. Yeah. Because that is clearly not a human soul. And so the debate is not, is a fetus alive? Because it is alive. It's at what point it's, does a fetus is it gain a, a soul? Yeah. yeah. And what is a life? And the fact that it is made up of human cells, like sperm cells are alive. Yeah. Eggs are alive. Yeah. No one is but arguing you're not, that, like, like going to jail every time you jack exactly. off. Exactly. Like you kill people. Even though, of yeah, children. like you're killing human cells. Yeah. And so, but like, and it's believed to be your right to kill those cells. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, we're arguing about souls and about not even like consciousness necessarily. Perhaps consciousness, because there's also like. I think like awareness, plants maybe. aren't like conscious, but we do have a concept They're of like aware. killing it. Yeah, I mean, the more that you learn about the plants, the scarier the scarier it is, because it seems like plants are more aware than we've given them credit for, um, which is really? not any crazy understanding because anyone that's done psychedelic drugs will get that, and like any like literally anyone who's done mm-hmm. psychs will be like, yeah, the plants are alive. <laughs> Uh-huh. they know what the fuck is going on and they'll talk but in science you're we're really finding that um plants talk to each other and that they have like a tapping sound and like they make noise and it's about the volume of us talking right now like this clicking sound oh. this tapping sound but it's at a decibel and like a frequency that we cannot hear so we have no idea that they're doing this and they make different sounds for when they're in pain and when they're screaming. Whoa. So we don't know if they're That's not so just dead ass having conversations. It's also kind of scary because it's like, are you just talking above me? And I have no idea. And then it's like, do yeah. you understand me? But I can't understand you. Right. Weird. Scary. I also wonder to think about, about like how alive things oh. are. It kind yeah. of does get kind of scary. Oh, right. animals like, too. Like, I feel like there's probably so many species that understand not just our tones and like Definitely vibes, but like our actual words too. I agree. And they just can't communicate. Like they're communicating back to us, but we don't get it. I think that we're super dumb and a lot of animals just like look at us and they're like, bruh. Come on. But I agree. Because like even squirrels, 
and like crows if you say hi to an animal they always know they always know that you're saying hi to it they always know they always look at you in the eye you go hi every single time they will turn its head and look at you and like make direct eye contact with you and be like what what do you want are you feeding me no bye yeah but they always acknowledge you like even like for me, when I walk into this neighborhood, there are these crows. Every time I walk by, they call out. They go, call, call, call. I go, hello, crows. <laughs> They're the homies. Life can be so beautiful, man. That's something that I've been trying it's to so appreciate beautiful. a lot more. Okay, we so, are back. Yeah, we're back. We had to take another little break. So, so I've been thinking about how yeah, Elon Musk keeps inventing things that don't need to be invented and further an agenda that i don't support and so i was but then i was thinking why am i surprised Mm. because tech and again i guess this ties into the idea of like we blame a lot on stupidity that is actually due to like just being a bad person Mm -hmm. and so i think like tech has a reputation and like highly educated people have a reputation of like because they know better they must be liberal Mm. um and i guess this also like Actually, I don't know. But people can know better and intentionally, like, knowingly make choices just from an entirely different set of morals. Yeah. So, and, like, when you think about, like, stereotypical, like, tech workers, they're not good people. They're just wealthy and educated. Yeah. But they're actually making, like, things that are – destroying the earth even like ai like the resources that go into that while people are dying and the earth is getting harvested for resources unsustainably yeah like all these things that we view as like maybe creepy but aside from that is like neutral like they don't really help anybody Mm -hmm. or maybe they help people a little bit but like they don't really serve a real purpose they're actually negative Mm. and inventing to invent and I feel like a lot of this too is just like well if like, I just may interject quickly yeah. I think it's just great I was gonna say um funding right an important part of this is also funding when you have a system that says oh you can only get funding for science you can only get funding for a new technology oh yeah we have three trillion dollars in our budget but 1.9 billion must go towards military and of the other one Point one billion that can be split between the 13 other areas that are necessary like when you have a system that's set up in that way yes it's important to allocate funds no one is saying don't allocate funds but when you disproportionately allocate funds and make people choose between furthering you know humanity i suppose well really both of them are furthering humanity one of them is just advancing a potential potential space humanity right a potential space for humanity as opposed to improving the general human condition which overall improves humanity because now the general human condition on earth is that like that most people are doing okay Mm -hmm. i wonder though if there's not a third party in play which is if people suffer more things are made yeah you know and like if people yeah, are do, okay because i think a lot of this too is like people pursuing like as a way to kind of like validate themselves like a, a like 
who can invent new th- like they're inventing things just to show off to other people in tech that they've invented this before mm. you could mm. and then but also i think some people have that for themselves of like they want to see what they can create even if it's at the expense of people mm. sort of like an evil genius type like mm. i agree so instead of pursuing good and thinking like just because we can do something should we do it people don't similar. stop to think should we yeah People don't stop to think in general. People definitely don't yeah. stop to think about should we. Yeah, I think that um, I think that we live in a really interesting time in the world where we are about to potentially see the crumble of some really big systems, especially monetary systems and just systems of power and structure. And at the same time, they haven't crumbled yet. So they're at their peak. Right, because if they're about to fall, that means they're at the top. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So we are in the peak most extreme. Right. And people keep saying late stage capitalism, but I don't think that late stage capitalism effectively captures what we're in. Because late it stage implies capitalism it will end. implies that it will end and does not imply that we are in the absolute peak of it. Yeah. Like if it's late stage, we're literally still going up. We haven't crashed yet. Yeah. So that means that we're still headed towards the peak. Which means it's right. still gonna get worse because that means that they're still gonna try to capitalize off of more. Yeah, and also there's recently been like so much like capitalizing off of anti-capitalist sentiment. You yeah, know? like packaging that up and Everything selling it back to you. Now. Yeah, even anti-capitalist, even co- communism is pack- uh, capitalized. Mm-hmm. Everything is capitalized on. It's so crazy. Even the anarchist conference has to do with capitalism oh my gosh that's because we cannot live in this world without money so you can't not be a capitalist as much as no one wants to hear it because you need to survive and if you want to go buy some land and build a house guess what you need to have money right so yeah just the inherent things we should be able to do on earth Mm -hmm. we need to have money so it's not late stage capitalism. I mean, it might be, but it's also just full blown capitalism. Yeah. Period. That's coming to a the crash. I also wonder if, like, the potential for space will affect whether it's late stage. Like, what might be late stage on Earth could be beginner stage if we just expand. True, and might be good if we just expand, but obviously it won't be. All right, what's your outro gonna be? I'm just gonna go straight into an ad. Ha <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>